0: God bless. Good morning. Good morning here. Good morning out there. It's good to be together and to gather in the name of Jesus and I hope that with all the craziness that is happening in our world that you are able to anchor yourself and center yourself around things that will not be shaken when everything else around us moves. And that's really kind of what we're going to be talking about tonight. But before, or tonight, today, whatever day it is. Before we go on to that, I know uh, a lot of people have asked me about Colleen's memorial, and we don't have a date for the memorial yet. It is not going to be at a place where everyone can gather just because of all that is happening Uh, but it will be broadcast live on our YouTube channel. And then we are wanting to develop actual watch parties where you can be with people to remember Colleen and celebrate her life and even mourn together with somebody. And I encourage you to do that because grief is something that should not be done alone. Um, It's something that oftentimes we find help and support uh, with others And I pray that we can do that together. Um, So that's really all the information I have right now about Colleen's memorial. As Krista gets back to me, I will share those things with you, and we will post that on the different social medias when that information comes about. But this morning, I want to talk about divine union. What does God want you guys ever wondered that question? Or maybe more traditionally, it's what is God's will? We want to know what's God's will for my life. God, what do you want from me? What do you want of me? What what am I supposed to do with this life that I have? What is your desire for me? And there are so many thoughts when it comes to this. As followers of Jesus, we believe that it's more clearly seen in what Jesus is asking. So then it becomes Jesus, what do you want of my life? What is it to be a disciple, a learner, a person who is learning? What does Jesus want of his disciples? What's Jesus's goal for us and for humanity? I think because of maybe our religious upbringing, we can think that God's desire is that I would be obedient, right? God wants me to do good things, stop doing bad things. And Jesus spoke about a good tree bearing good fruit and a bad tree bearing bad fruit, right? So there is this part of our following Jesus that is supposed to live a life that is fruitful. And a lot of times we might think, well, It's about knowing the right information. If I know about the right theology, the doctrines, those are the things that that's God's will for me. And there's definitely part of that where Jesus says that you'll know the truth and it'll set you free. But was his goal for us to know more about God and to behave better? Is that really what God's will is for my life? It is just to know more about God and to do things a little bit better. And I think what we have to do is break away from some of the preconceptions that we have. Really, it's prejudice, right? It's it's prejudging how we see things and what we expect of our lives. And this is where I, I believe that our imagination, or maybe it's our lack of imagination, has been a problem in understanding what God's will is for our lives. If we lack imagination when it comes to God, then we are probably going to make an image of God that is our own perception and the things that we've maybe been handed down. And I think that lack of imagination, when it comes to God, imagination is probably the most helpful thing that we have, right? Because if it's just our reason, then we're going to be limited to those things. And it's absolutely necessary to have an imagination that will get us beyond our prejudice, help us to see things more than and not less than. And that's kind of what I want to talk about, right? the Bible is filled with the miraculous and the mystical. And if we don't recognize that, and if we're not struck by those things, if I'm not astonished by the miraculous and the mystical, then I will reduce God to my prejudice. I mean, think of Moses and he has a staff and it turns into a snake. That's pretty freaky, right? I mean, That's something that should make us go, whoa, okay, what's going on here? Or the witch of Endor, right? Endor wasn't just a a planet in Star Wars. It, It was actually, there's a witch in Endor who Saul, King Saul goes and wants to get instruction from this witch. And then the prophet, the dead prophet Samuel is summoned up and comes up and speaks to King Saul. Crazy, right? Or, or. Elijah, the prophet, when he is there, a guy is working and the axe head falls into the water and he freaks out. He goes, oh no, it was borrowed. I borrowed this axe and now the head's fallen into the water. And the axe head swims to the surface and comes back to them. Okay, This is Harry Potter stuff. I mean, it really is. This is kind of strange things that are happening, and this is part of Scripture. Or Jesus spitting in the ground, making mud, and putting on a blind man's eyes, and he's seeing. Right? These stories are spectacular. They're incredible. They're mind-boggling. They, they make us wonder, is this for real? Make me wonder that. I don't know if you guys just think, oh, yeah, it's in the Bible, so it's true. I think it's meant to astonish us. With that in mind, with the spectacular in mind, with our imagination soaring, when when you go to the movie and you see these things happening and you're drawn into the story with this imagination sparked and alive. I want to read the words of Jesus and I want to get past the mundane and I want to get past the things that are maybe just prejudice in our thought of what he's saying and move deeper and move broader and move higher in these things. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying and he says, but now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, speaking of the disciples, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them or set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Consecrate, sanctify, similar things. And what we see here, Jesus is saying, just like me, They are doing the same thing. As I am not of the world, now they are not of the world. As I have been set apart, now I am setting them apart. And he goes on in verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one. Just as you, Father, are in me. And I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me the glory that you have given me. I have given to them that they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. There is this constant back and forth taking place in Jesus' words. He's saying that, Father, I am in you, you are in me, and now they are in us. And and there is this reaching out or, or this embracing, there is this, center that is extending itself to those around jesus and his father that they might be with me he's talking present not when i go to be in heaven he's talking about that they might be with me right here right now just as you are with me right here right now and by that happening the world will see who i am and that you love me see what does jesus mean when he says that we would be one is he talking about one in thought is he talking about one in action one in our intention and our purposes is he talking about one in essence is he talking about all of those things you see, I, I think we would make a huge mistake to reduce these verses to simply we're working together with God, to simply reduce it, uh, you know, that this is just what I'm supposed to, to come along and continue the work that Jesus is doing. Of course, that's included, right? Uh, of course, that's part of it. But I think a lot more is being implied here that we have to use our imagination to fully understand Because this is getting to the center of of who we are, of what humanity is, and what God's will is for us. I I spoke back a while ago. It was actually in Daniel chapter 6. I talked about how there's something that Einstein called spooky science. And what spooky science is, is... When the particles that make up an atom, if they are split and you remove the particles from each other, that whatever you do to one particle affects the other particle, even though they've been separated and it happens instantaneously, it happens quicker than the speed of light which is our fastest way of measurement. So you can split a particle in atom, separate them by feet or by miles, it doesn't matter, and instantaneously when you move one, it affects the other because they are still somehow connected. That's trippy, right? That that's just makes you go, ooh. That's why it's called spooky science, right? And there was another test that was how these tiny particles, when they're light particles, go through two slits, they form a pattern, and they can see that afterwards, but it affects them differently when they're being observed. In other words, when we record what's happening, they act differently. When we just record what's happened, they act a certain way, but when we're trying to watch it happen, it affects it differently. Now, I have a granddaughter, but you weren't expecting that. And she's six months old. I actually got to see her last night. And when she was born, it was during this whole COVID thing that's still going on, and we weren't allowed to be there during that, you know, process to see her. And my daughter-in-law, my son, when the birth after the birth had taken effect like we had all our other kids and grandkids. In fact, we didn't get to see her to almost a month afterwards. And when I did get to go and see her and I held her for the first time, that's a picture of her. I was overwhelmed. Now, it's emotional whenever I've held any of my babies or my grandbabies, right? I mean, all those things are overwhelming, but there was something unique happening here because of this anticipation of wanting to see and meet this little girl, right? I I just wanted to to hold her, and I felt it in my bones. It hurt not being able to be there with her. And when I finally held her, something was going on. I I didn't see her as just this little baby. I saw her as this life that was giving me life. I, I felt this love for her even though this is the first time I met her, when I saw her, I saw hope for a future. Not just her future, future. There was something happening here. And how do you explain the bond a parent has for a child or that we have for these people that we love or our family? How do you put those things into reason? I heard a podcast of a mom who felt the absence of her son when he was struck by lightning and died before she knew that it happened. She said she woke up and she knew her son was gone. How? These particles that have been separated are still connected that there's something more going on. So when Jesus is saying that we are one, I I don't think he's saying, oh, we're just one in idea, we're just one in thought. I think he's getting to something that is a lot more than we fully understand. And I think we need our imagination. I think even science is beginning to understand what is happening in the universe around us that connects us to one another that maybe we're just not aware of. What if the things that are happening at a subatomic level are happening in some sense in a larger scale? What if these atoms and these particles that are split and separated and are still connected are actually similar to what happens when the mom lost her son or in our interaction with one another in the world? What if what happens in how we treat other people is actually how we treat God, which is what John says. What if they are intricately connected? How important is it to be one? Those light particles that go through the two slits and show up, and they're just observed, and it changes their behavior. Have you been with someone who's going through something? Or maybe you've gone through something difficult, you've lost somebody. And just having someone observe you, be there with you, makes a difference. You see, I'm connected to people who I've been with, who have gone through Traumatic events, the loss of children, and things like that, where I didn't know these people except for at this time, but to this day, I can talk to those people and feel a connection from the moment that we were there. At that time, something happened, and all I did was observe. And it changed the chemistry of life between us. What am I missing? That is happening in this idea of unity, being together. What if when the scripture says, when one member suffers, we all suffer, there is a literal sense of what is taking place. What if this idea of being one is really much deeper then we understand then we're able to to get a hold of when we're able to grasp these things what if we are connected in ways we do not fully realize or understand what if we are one even as jesus and the father are one and it has deep and substantial implications to our World and how we see it playing out. What if I am one, not only with God and with Jesus, but with one another? Why would Paul use an illustration of a body? What if I am actually connected to humanity in such a way that people on the other side of the aisle are part of me in ways I don't fully see? this idea of unity permeates scripture it's just scattered all throughout there right the apostle paul seems to have a deep imagination for how all of us already exist on some level in christ in acts chapter 17 verse 28 he he quotes pagan poets and he says for in him we live and move and have our being as even as your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. We live, we move, we have our being. We are his offspring. We are connected to him. We are swimming in God and are unaware of the water that is around us. That we might be one as he is one. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. God is both transcendent and eminent. God is beyond and above our ability to fathom and closer than we are aware. And this language, through him, for him, in him, it's constantly showing up that there is something happening that we are a part of and that's a part of him. That phrase, in Christ, rings throughout Scripture. It's not that God has used Christ to fix things. It's that Christ is the fix for all things. And and that's what salvation is. It's more than that Christ fixes. It's that Christ is the fix. Christ is humanity made new. He is the place where humanity now finds a home. He is the new or the last Adam who includes all human beings with Himself. Being in Christ is not about believing a certain way, although definitely that encompasses it. It's not about doing certain things, and of course, that's part of it. In Christ is being in union with God and with humanity. And there's some spooky science going on here. There are some heavy things taking place that we need to see ourselves as participants in and not just spectators. That this involves me, it involves you, and it involves Christ, and it involves God. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter one, making known to us the mystery of his will. Again, getting back to the will of God, the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. What's God's will? To unite all things to himself. Now, the word all in the Greek means all, okay? All means all, and that's all all means. To unite all things, not just in heaven, but on earth. To unite them to himself. You want to know what the will of God is? It's to unite all things to himself, So all things in heaven and all things on earth means pretty much all things everywhere. It covers it. And what's this purpose? What is this? Why is this terminology repeated over and over again? What are they talking about? Why do they all use this phrase? Why do they leave it so purposely vast and inclusive, heaven, earth, all things. Restoring, reconciling, renewing. They're consistent, persistent in their claims that what God is up to in the world involves putting everything back together as it should be. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's his will to restore all things. Now, it's interesting how things can be restored. I was talking with Brent about this Wednesday night, how you can experience something in your life and that experience changes over time and becomes something different. When my wife was pregnant with our son Daniel and we were hanging out with our friends who his wife was also pregnant with their youngest son. So we had the twin boys with us. They had their son with them. His wife, Henry's wife, Gloria, was pregnant. My wife, Corrine, was pregnant. And we were all in a van in Lake Arrowhead for some reason, We had just eaten, and we were going to go to this bazaar to see some Christmas ornaments. And so we're driving through winding roads with two pregnant women and three little kids, and the wives got sick, morning sickness that happened in the evening. And so pretty soon, I don't remember who started hurling first, if it was Gloria or my wife, but the hurling began... And we had some trash bags there that began to fill up with the lunch that we had had earlier that day. And as we're, there's no place to pull over, we're on this winding road, and so it just keeps going and going and going. And the kids are both. Mike, both kids are freaking out, crying. Their son, Jonathan, is crying. So I've got two women hurling, three kids screaming. And I look at Henry, who's driving, and his eyes catch my eyes in the rearview mirror. And we're thinking, this is crazy this is crazy. And we finally come to a place where we pull over and it happens to be right in front of a restaurant with a big plate glass window and our two wives come out hurling, dumping bags of vomit all over the place, right? And the people who are there in the restaurant, it's a moment I will not forget. But things have changed. That story and how Horrific it was at the time is now hilarious. Because something is happening. I'm able to now look back and say, oh, that is funny now. God is working in all things. And the things that are maybe heartbreaking now will become something later as God works in all things and unites them together. All things. God is able to put everything back together as it should. All things. My broken heart, all things. Poverty, all things. Abuse, all things. Racism, all things, fractured relationships, all things, the loss of loved ones, all things, the restoration of a nation, all things. God is working all things together for good. You see, and and that's why at a time like this when it seems, oh, our country is so so divided and, and oh, you know, it's time to begin the healing. No, the, the healing's been going on. We just have to recognize if we are one with it or not. It hasn't stopped. No man is going to stop the healing of a nation. No democratic or a Republican party is going to stop the healing that God is doing. No one is going to be able to stop the restoration of all things. What has to happen is there has to be an awareness that we are actually going to be a part of that work. According to Paul, this is what brings God pleasure. This is what God is up to in the world, right here, right now. And so if you're thinking, oh man, did you see the news? Oh man, this is gonna happen. Oh, I wonder if this is gonna happen. Guess what? God is restoring all things. He's been doing it since Christ and he's doing it still. And what I wanna do is be a part of the work that he is doing. I'm a part of those things. I want to be in unity with what God is doing. One more passage in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. For he himself Jesus again is our peace. Man, we should just sit on that one for a while. He is our peace not he will be our peace not he can be our peace he is our peace you see here's where this idea of being one comes into play he is our peace right here right now with whatever is going on there is peace that can be found in the middle of it it is something that we can be a part of here and now who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility Mm. right? He has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. This isn't, he will break down. He has done it. There, there is something that God is doing that is a part of what he will continue to do. That is going to show up where one day we will look back and say, remember God did this. When did he do it? Oh, he did it in 2020. Oh, he did it big in 2020. There was a lot going on by abolishing the law and commandments, expressing in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man. That literally means one new humanity. God is creating in himself one new humanity. Not two new humanities, one red, one blue. One new Humanity, and he's doing it in himself, in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. This is what God is doing now. Do we see our lives As part of this. When Jesus prayed that they might be one, even as we are one. God, as I am in you, you are in me, that they would be in us. And if God is doing this in you, is it possible for the rest of the world to see it as well? Because it's meant for everyone. So the question isn't if you believe these things. The question isn't, are you doing these things? The question is, do you see yourself a part of the things that God is doing? The implied question, do you believe this is happening? And in that question, there's another question. What would it look like to live Like this was true. Which leads to another question. Would living like this is true. Make your life better. Which leads to one more question. Would it make life better. For the world around you. See God's will is that we. Be one. With him. And with one another, because that's what God is doing. And that's what he invites us to be part of. And we need to use our imaginations to even begin to catch hold of the ramifications of what this looks like when we see ourselves one with God and one with one another. And how it's supposed to change me and us and the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we so often ask, what is your will? And over and over again in scripture, we see that it is that we would be one with you and one with one another. God, I I have reduced that to mean so much less than I think it means, God. And when I begin to see implications of how this affects us on a molecular level, not just on a societal level, but God, this is part of our biology. This is part of the DNA of humanity. This is part of the new earth you are creating. Father, may that intuition envelop us. May it start to capture our imagination. And may we begin to live in the reality that you have declared And see change take place because of it. If you are at a place where maybe you do not see God is restoring all things, you feel fragmented, you feel broken, you feel disconnected, you feel separate from people, whether it be because of COVID, maybe it's even because of things that you have done, maybe you've hurt people, maybe you've been hurt by people, but there is a loneliness that's present in you. May you hear the voice of God calling you to unity and may you respond to that voice. And if you do hear his voice today, may you acknowledge that you do. May you pray and ask, Lord, make your will known to me. May you reach out to those around you and ask for help in the things that you are going through. And if you are in that place, we want to be here for you in whatever way we can. If you feel alone, broken, and fragmented, please extend yourself by emailing us, reaching out to us, leaving us a comment so that we can reach out to you. And I know we're only able to gather in limited ways, and next week we will be meeting for those who can, but we need to meet your needs with the presence of God right now where you're at. And we pray that you would extend yourself so that God can in turn extend himself. And may healing be found in our lives, in our nation, as we desire the will of God to be seen in us. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. We are here for whoever needs to be here. Next week, we are going to have some canopies outside so that you can be here and be outdoors. We are still meeting inside too in kind of separated spaces, but we are here if you need to be here. It's kind of been interesting as people have been slowly coming back. Uh, many people say, I just need to be there. Sometimes we're here if you do. And if you can't because of your health conditions, we understand that, we respect that. We know that the COVID uh, has spiked and so a lot of people are in a place where it is more hazardous for them be safe we want to be safe but we will be here next week we will be having places for you outdoors we will have the children's building at the workspace open where you can sit there with your kids with the teacher kind of working we do have masks and we are asking that you wear masks when you're here with other people just to be uh, considerate Uh, those who are around you and here Um, so if you need to be here we're here okay we want you guys to know that and if you can't we are still going to offer the streaming for whoever can't be here so that we can stay connected together in what ways we can also next saturday the workspace is going to have their opening grand opening uh what time is that going to be again brian 11 to 3 o'clock, if you want to come down here, we got uh, a lot of things happening, if you want to check out the workspace, if you need a workspace, we will be here next Saturday from 11 o'clock to 3, so that you can join us for that, Um, it's so interesting, you know, a few weeks ago we said, yes, we're going to start meeting, we're back and meeting together again, and then everything spiked, and you know, it's like, okay, now what do we do again, it's like, uh, we're just going to keep moving forward in whatever way we can, and you know, hey, this year looks the way it does and we're just gonna live in it. So uh, if you guys wanna be a part of these things, please be here, uh, participate in these things as well as the human library that we'll be announcing a little bit more. May you understand the will of God concerning you that he desires to be one even as he is with his father The invitation is for us to join into a divine unity. May your imagination reach out to what this unity looks like. And may your heart be filled with the peace of God. God bless you. Love you. Miss you. Take care, everyone. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast.